You're listening to GDA Podcast, powered by GDA Speakers, now available on iTunes and all other podcast platforms with new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. GDA Podcast showcases insightful conversations from the best thought leaders, educators, policy experts, motivators, and storytellers on the keynote speaking circuit today. Want today's guest at your next event? Call GDA Speakers at 214-420-1999 or visit gdaspeakers.com. And now, here's this episode of GDA Podcast with hosts Scale and Kyle Davis. Enjoy. Uh, so with us on the uh, bonus is Lisa Bodell, and what we're going to talk about just real quick is time sucks and, and where to begin when you're on the journey of simplification. So take it away, Lisa. So it's interesting because people often don't know where to start, and there's lots of little tips and tricks, but we tell people to start with their own work. And what we do is we the best way to solve a problem is to break it down into parts. So the best way to identify where your complexity is is to break down your work day or work week into the parts of things that you do every day. And so here's what we have people do. We have them write on a piece of paper a T-chart. Mm-hmm. And on the left-hand side are their typical tasks. And what we like to have them do is think about in an average week, what are the, the typical tasks that they do? And either that they do or are asked to do. So it might be a meeting they run or are asked to attend. And we give them several minutes to write things down. And as soon as they're done making their list, then we have them look at the list and say, circle the things in that list that you think are valuable. And what's really interesting about that is how few things they circle. And then we start to say, you know, what are the things that you circled? Why are they valuable? Because what we're getting at them is to define what valuable work is. And so they'll say things like things I enjoyed, um, things that get to my goals, things that actually help me achieve my numbers, things that address a customer problem, things that are innovative tasks. And then we say, what we'd like you to do is then on the right-hand side of the T-chart, write down all the things you wish you had time to do. Mm -hmm. And once they do that, then what you see is you compare the left-hand side and the right-hand side and you say, say the difference. What are the things on the right-hand side accomplish that the left-hand doesn't? And again, what you're doing is you're identifying the And so you then take them back to the left-hand side of the chart and say, if what you want to do is get to the meaningful work, let's look at all the things that aren't circled on that left-hand chart. That's the stuff that's the mundane tasks, the low-value tasks. How do you want to be able to eliminate those things? What do you need to do to either eliminate them, outsource them, or minimize them? And we have them take each one of those tasks, this is something you can do on your own, and first of all, ask yourself, what if I didn't? What if I didn't do this thing? What's the worst thing that would happen? And if it's not something you can eliminate, then ask, how can I either outsource it to someone else or do it less frequently or minimize it in some other way? And it's amazing what people can come up with. If you are stuck, we actually have you switch your list with somebody else and have them act as your coach to try and take each of those tasks and figure out how you can minimize And And most people are able to get through their whole list and quite quickly. So one of the things that, I mean, we talked about technology and I think it has some relevance to this question that I'm going to have has some relevance to um, what we were just talking about right now. Uh, But I'm kind of curious as to what is like the, uh, the the number one favorite tool or app or something that you use uh, 
personally and at your company future think to really help simplify everything and, and tie it all together and, and eliminate uh, if you will uh, the time sucks of your life so what do i do in my business not just personally uh, both why not yep okay so you know in the business one of the things i know we talked about is we really make a habit of um killing stupid rules mm-hmm. and so because what happens with a lot of complexity is it's just based on assumptions. We assume this is how, how work has to be. Mm-hmm. We assume that this is the policy that we have to do. We assume that this is, this is something that's important. Mm-hmm. And so what we, we identify to people is what are the things that really hold them down? What are the rules that hold them back? And we see how many of those we can kill. And what that does is it eliminates low-value tasks, but it also institutionalizes simplification or eradicating complexity as a, as a behavior, as a norm. And that's really important because it's giving permission and actually mandating that people get rid of something. So that's a tool that we really like that people do because it's something they can control. Got it. And then personally? It's, well, and personally, you can do the same thing. I, we translate that personally to have people ask themselves, what if I didn't? You know, it's really funny. We assume that we have to do all these things because we either feel obligated, whether it's a, you know, it's a carpool, whether it's a a party, whether it's a, I don't know, a task at home, an errand you have to run and asking yourself, what if I didn't? And it's really interesting because people have to get out of the habit of feeling obligated or guilted into things. And if you didn't do those things, even at work, right? What if I didn't? What if I said no? And then actually try it. That's the first step in getting the behavior change to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always perplexed uh, when I see like a, a company wide email go out, uh, and it it does not, in my opinion, garner uh, or, or justify a response that, that like there, there's not one needed. But then you always have like the I, I don't know what the personality type is that does this, but they just respond back with you know an hey awesome, or they send a a, a gif or you know, I'm talking about those moving <laughs> images, and it's just like a total. It's a waste of time for me because then I get this email pop up. I'm like, all right, what's this? <laughs> so, well, I'll tell you, it, it's funny. We, we've talked about this with two, two companies, particularly Fidelity is, and Merck. And I'll give you an anecdote of something that Merck did that was fantastic. And we practice it now too. Um, Merck has something they do called NMTR, which is called no need to respond. And anything that they send around that's an article or an FYI, in either the subject line or the very first sentence of the of the email body itself, they write an NTR, which means, look, guys, this is just for you to read. Don't respond because then it, it, you basically look like a jerk if you do respond. Mm-hmm. And they estimate some parts of their divisions cut down email by over 18 percent. And okay. yeah, that's right. The other thing that we practice, frankly, is um, because in so many companies, still email is the way to communicate, and mm-hmm. we just use the subject line. The only thing we write in is the subject it really cuts down, you know, people really then respond to my emails because they know when I write, I'm going to need to, mm-hmm. and that's just a good practice to get into because if you, if you can't do it in the subject line, at least in the body of your emails, practice no scroll emails. If you have to scroll to read your email, maybe it should have been in an attachment or should have Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I, I kind of come at it and, and the way that you're talking about using the subject line as just the body of the email and then if there's anything else that has to be added, um, you know, it's kind of using uh, text messaging. Like, you know, how short can I get this uh, exactly down to? Right. And, and that's kind of like, you know, if I'm going to plug an app or, or something like that, that's like one of my big favorites with using something like Slack because I don't have to set up and start thinking about how do I... You know, this doesn't have to be a formalized thought process. I don't have to say, you know, hello, Lisa. I can just be like, 
Hey, did you see this thing? Cause I need you to get a trauma on this, you know, or, or, or get your opinion on this or get, you know, something like it can be just super quick. And it's, it's a lot easier for me than, than having to sit there draft and think about the words that I'm going to use and this, that, the other. And it, it's just simplifying uh, life, whether it be in the, the subject line or, or using a, a messaging application. I completely agree. The, the one thing I will say that's interesting about simplicity is recognizing generational differences and cultural differences. Because in a lot of Western cultures and especially American cultures, you know, getting to the point is great. Um, And especially with younger generations, getting to the point is great. With older generations and sometimes outside of the United States, if you if you walk around the niceties, it's offensive. So one of the things we always say with with simplification is know your audience. So you make sure that then the message is heard, you know, be brief, but make sure you have the context. Makes sense. Well, with, with that, know your audience, be brief. Have good context and uh, be sure to get uh, Lisa Bedell's uh, book, which I have right in front of me, and it's called <laughs> Why Simple Wins. Uh, other than that, thanks again um, for, for joining us, Lisa. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of GDA Podcast, powered by GDA Speakers. If you're interested in booking today's guest, visit GDA Speakers at gdaspeakers.com or call 214-420-1999. Visit gdapodcast.com and subscribe to our newsletter to stay up to date and be informed of new episodes, blog posts, and more. Be sure to follow GDA Podcast on Twitter and Instagram at GDA Podcast, as well as Facebook at facebook.com slash GDA Podcast. Thanks again and stay tuned for more from GDA Podcast and GDA Speakers.